0: Period Podcast Network is hosting its first virtual fundraiser. Join us this February 17th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our shows include Comedy Girl Crush, Tinseltown Tea, Comadres y Comics, Girl Boner, Elaine's Cooking, and yes, a stripper podcast. Join us for performances, comedy, giveaways, and so much more. Get your tickets on periodpodcastnetwork.com.
1: Welcome to Yes, a Stripper podcast. On this podcast, we'll talk about how classifying ourselves as workers is dangerous to society and marginalized people. We will also talk about the climate in and out of the club and all of the amazing things that sex workers do and everything else in between. This is Daisy Ducati with Yes, a Stripper podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper podcast. I am Daisy Ducati, and I'm here with Cupcake, who is a very good friend of mine. Oh, we go way back, (laughs) and I'm really excited to introduce you guys to Cupcake so you can hear a little bit about what she's been up to. She is an incredible, incredible, incredible kink performer as well as a professional submissive. And Cupcake does probably some of my favorite um, sideshow BDSM performances. And it's just incredible. I've seen so many beautiful pictures and videos of her hanging from hooks and Things with nails, and I'll let her tell you all about it. But today, we're going to talk about some of her performances and what she's been up to, what she's planning in the future, as well as what it means to be a professional submissive and how that works and how to maintain safety with that kind of work, as well as just some general tips for those interested in exploring kink play. And I'm really excited to share this conversation with you guys. So let's have a chat. Welcome to Guess a Stripper podcast. I'm Daisy Ducati and I am here with Cupcake Sinclair, who is a dear friend of mine and someone who is just involved in so many interesting things. I'm really excited to have this chat today. So Cupcake, how are you?
0: I am well, things. I'm really excited to be part of this. I've been seeing this floating around. So when you asked me, I was like, um, how are you?
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> yay. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, like what you do in the industry. Like, um, I know you do some porn performance, you do some live performance. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, um, you know, jack of all trades, jack of all trades. Um, I I am definitely like an indie model. So I do the whole clips for sale OnlyFans thing and I self produce my own um, clips and so on. Um, I do do mainstream porn sometimes with whatever company wants me at the time. (laughs) Um, I also do live performance and I'm also professional submissive. So pretty much the opposite of a professional dominatrix. I do that as well. And I also offer admin services for sex workers. So everything industry related, I've kind of got my fingers in
1: <laughs> yes and i will say you have definitely helped me turn my business around <laughs> um adhd and admin don't really go together but you help me make it work and i appreciate that <laughs> um so what kind of live performances do you do
0: um so As a professional submissive, it kind of really started with me doing a lot of live demo bottoms for like different workshops and classes in our industry, right? So um, anybody who would go, hey, I need to teach a class on how to whip properly or how to properly flog and things like that. And me being the eager beaver, I'm like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. Um, And so eventually it went from helping with classes and workshops to live performances. You know, there'd be a party where, you know, the bottom ended up, you know, catching a cold or, you know, missing out because of, you know, freeway traffic in LA, which always sucks shit like that. So I would just be like, Oh, well, I'm here. I already know the staff. I usually know who's, you know, going on stage to perform. And so it just slowly happened. And I blinked and I was doing this stuff and, um, I was very fortunate that the uh, dungeon I was working at in Los Angeles offered me a lot of creative freedom that I probably would not have gotten other places. So it allowed me to get really creative with the exploration of how all of this stuff intertwines for my sexuality. (laughs)
1: So I've seen a lot, I've seen some photos and videos from some of your performances. I have not had the pleasure of seeing your performances live yet. but it seems like you do some really awesome kind of extreme performance.
0: Yeah, they're they're definitely not for the faint of heart, as far as I've been told. I uh, I try to add my own, you know, fun, sexy spin on it. But also, it's very much like mixing gore and porn. You're like, I've got a weird fear boner, but I don't know what's going on, but I'm caught off guard. And so I kind of enjoy that weird mixture of it all. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. I've, I've seen so many gorgeous pictures of you. I think my favorite video I've seen is you're doing a hook suspension over flowing water. And I think it's like a river or something. It's the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. It looks so serene and peaceful and beautiful.
0: It really was. It's honestly one of my, well, one of my like, second or third favorite suspensions that i've like ever done in my entirety um i'm very fortunate that i'm part of a hook suspension group and so um you know before miss rona came and slapped us all down um out in oslo norway there would be like a convention for hook suspension practitioners and so they've got a lovely cafe there that also is adjacent to that river that i was like hanging over and yeah just complete mind wipe just the water and the air and it's good stuff so i'm hoping i'm able to do that again soon
1: (laughs) that's gorgeous what like what goes through your mind in those moments i can't even imagine
0: um you know it's really complicated because i think a lot of times people will see it and go like oh fuck i can't do that shit oh no that that's gonna hurt and i'm like you know i feel like as hippy dippy as it sounds goal setting and intention is really important, right? So there might be days where I'm specifically doing a hook suspension because I need to cry. I need that catharsis. I need to push myself. I need to be like, fuck it up. And then there's some days where like, I'm, you know, I'm part of an art installation and I want to be part of like the bigger thing that's happening, especially um, during conventions like that. There's usually like five or six other suspensions going on at any given time and sort of like, feel that connective energy like that's a whole other mindset so i think it just really depends on um who i'm fortunate enough to be working with and what mind space that we're both trying to achieve during it
1: nice i i can only imagine it's so gorgeous and like i know for me when i've done like extreme submissive scenes like things involving tasers and stuff like that like i don't necessarily identify as submissive or even necessarily a switch but for for me, like seeing the limits of my body and testing how far I can go with my body is a big part of it. And I wonder how that works for you as well with the with the suspensions and all.
0: I was going to say that's actually right on the nose because I, I definitely feel the same way. Um, like, yes, because I'm like professionally submissive, obviously there's like that other uh, bubble of things that I'm tapping into, but as a whole, and you know, not just for my hick suspension, but for all of my more extreme performances, I really like the idea of being able to showcase the limits of the human body. I like being able to show people that like we're not as fragile as we feel that we are, because a lot of people will come up to me after like um, you know a really intense performance that I've done and go wow I saw you do that and you were laughing and smiling and I'm not doing that shit but I sure can ask you know the guy at my office I thought was cute out on a date because you know what is it anyways like, I'm like <laughs> yeah that's what I'm trying to tap into like we can yes. expand ourselves we can you know if if people are swinging from hooks and putting nails through their titties you can ask the guy on the date I promise it'll be fine
1: <laughs> and it's so cool to be able to inspire people on that level like through your pain and your experience and your overcoming an obstacle, you're able to inspire people to really take on their own challenges. And I think that's beautiful.
0: Thank you. And it didn't even start that way. I was just being a dumbass, you know, <laughs> I was like, this is fun. And then people started watching me and watching me and like, I was like, Oh shit, you guys are getting something out of this Yay, community.
1: <laughs> I love it. It's so beautiful. And like how, to what extent? I know you're you're heavily involved in the body mod community, and like, to what extent does that kind of meld with your kink play and your own sexuality?
0: Um. So, for a lot of the friends that I've made within the body mod community, um, interestingly enough, a lot of them will tap into hook suspensions and things like that as a form of ritual and spirituality and catharsis and so on, which is like a fucking amazing because I am not really religious anymore. And so being able to have something that feels adjacent to that without any of the other things that personally make me feel ick is like really fucking cool. Um, But that being said, I've only been really fortunate enough to find maybe two or three partners who were both involved in the body mod scene and the kink scene where I could successfully merge the two Um, because it is a very technical thing. So just because someone knows how to whip doesn't mean that they know how to, you know, throw hooks and rig properly and all of that jazz. And that's okay. I, I would rather people stick with what they know, but it is very fun being able to find people where when those two interests, a crash that we can create really awesome shit. <laughs> that's
1: amazing i i can't even imagine the technical skill involved in hook suspension because you really have to know like where to place the hooks how deep to go how to rig it up like i've i've worked with some rope suspension and even that is super technical so when you involve like actually piercing the skin it goes so much deeper <laughs> no yeah, pun intended no, 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 no. <laughs> I love it. Um, So what other kind of things are you into? What other, where else can people find you? Um,
0: I um, pretty much am everywhere under either Cupcake Sinclair or Subby Cupcake. Um, Primarily Twitter is my main uh, platform to hawk my wares and things like that. Um, I'm also on Instagram but I don't frequently post a lot because extreme nature of what i do i have to be really careful with censorship because god forbid and if not shows um but yeah i i'm on clips for sale i'm on mini vids i do um like direct customs and dms and all of that jazz i am on phone lines so seriously just yes, google search for my name and the golden road will take you there
1: <laughs> i'm curious so um a couple episodes ago i've I talked to Amberly about um, like social media censorship and where we're going with that and payment processors and whatnot. And I'm curious how all of those changes have affected like your performance and what you're able to create and post.
0: Um, Definitely immensely has affected it. I mean, you know, when I first started in the industry, it was about like Uh, eight or nine years ago and even then I I knew that there was going to be some challenges with the work that I was doing compared with you know the rules for payment processors Um, but yeah it's definitely cracked down a, a lot more heavily over especially the last couple of years where you know things that you see on HBO and Showtime wouldn't even get past the first five minutes in a like clips for sale compliance review and shit like that and you know the the disparity between like oh we're trying to protect people versus like yeah but anybody can turn on like normal tv and still see this shit is very disheartening um and especially for an indie content creator like me it definitely makes it more challenging but um also it helps really inspire my creativity so i try to see it as a silver lining otherwise i wouldn't be very creative very often so
1: (laughs) yeah you have to you have to be creative to kind of get around it i guess (laughs) it's it's such an uphill battle i am so frustrated with the constant changes (laughs) and like even even some of my old kink scenes have had to be taken down because of payment processor changes and like uh everything i'm into is banned
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. and that's the other frustrating thing it's like you know we're We're all consenting adults with our own bodily autonomy and interests, but obviously the deeper into, especially BDSM and fetish work you go, the more obviously the majority of people won't understand. So you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't, right? You're either coerced and like, oh, you've been brainwashed, so of course you wouldn't want to be a crying bloody mess, or it's like, oh, well, we're trying to protect you. so And you're just like, but I... I want to do the thing. Let me do the thing.
1: (laughs) And the thing is, people are going to be curious about the various kinks either way. And I think it's healthy to give people an outlet to indulge those really extreme kinks without necessarily having to actively participate in it. They can watch and see how it goes and see if they even want to try it.
0: Exactly. Definitely. So I think especially with all of these Um, Not necessarily changes because they've always been kind of like creeping around in the background, but with it becoming a lot more evident and heavy handed, I guess, um, I, I definitely rely on my live performances more now than I ever did for Solus because it's like, okay, this is a live venue, this isn't really porn per se it's a live art piece it's you know i'm i'm just doing sideshow and it happens to be bloody and i happen to have my nip out but it's part of the act so
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's so interesting like where who gets to decide where the line is drawn between pornography and art like how why can't the two things coexist in one performance yeah
0: that's very frustrating and how curious it is that the people who are trying to help merge those lines and bring it forth are the ones who are also silenced in terms of like going, hey, we, what, why not both? Why, why can't it be, why can't we, no, we're, we're going to shut up. Okay. All right. like."
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm curious what kind of live stuff you have planned. Like, I know things are a little weird in the world right now, but...
0: Yeah, I um, I was fortunate enough to do, um, like, some intermission sideshow stuff for one of our local wrestling shows, um, so I was able to do some of my, like, barbed wire baseball bat stuff and some of my bullshit burlesque, and that's been really fun because, you know, these wrestling shows, they're looking for edge, they're looking for stuff like that, and I'm like, oh my god, I feel like I'm back at home, um, but yeah, I... I'm tentatively planning um, a hook suspension this week, actually, with some very dear friends of mine. Hopefully, it goes through, but you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed since everything is so up in the air right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's so challenging to plan anything live right now. It's it's stressful. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> but hopefully, everything goes well because I want you to be able to enjoy yourself on that level. <laughs>
0: Fingers crossed. I've been texting my friends going, I need a good cry. Come on, you guys. We need to rally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, you, I know you have some really cool, interesting body mods, and we actually have one in common that is super rare. <laughs> um, so for our listeners, we both have a magnet implanted under our skin. I think you have yours in your hand, and I, for some reason, decided to get mine in my belly button. I might be the only person that got it there. <laughs>
0: But it tickles me, though, because every time we run into each other at conventions, I'm like, let me touch your stomach. And everybody's like, oh, my yes. God, Daisy, are you pregnant? And I'm like, no, we're <laughs> two <weirdos."> like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's – the so the reason that I got it is um, once the – once the wound heals from inserting the magnet, the nerves kind of grow around it in such a way that you can feel electromagnetic fields. And so like, if I walk past a microwave, for instance, I can feel like butterflies in my tummy. And some people also use it for magic tricks to pick things up. But um, so when Cupcake touches my magnet with her magnet, we both feel tingly about it. (laughs) It's really, really cool experience. Um, I think mine is, like, fading a little bit. I, it might be time to replace it. It's been a few years. How's yours doing? Oh, my doing? God.
0: Can we have, like, a body mod, like, girl's day? Can we, like yes! – Please!
1: I would love that.
0: Can Father Shane and Kelsey be like, okay, we're here for double trouble.
1: <laughs> we could even film it. <laughs>
0: okay. There we go. Making magic.
1: There we go. I'm not sure where we'd be allowed to sell it, but <laughs> but we could film it. Um so if anyone wants to finance our body mod girls day <laughs> you will get your very own custom video of it um, but um, so what what's your favorite body mod that you've um, gotten
0: let's see so i've got my tongue split i've got my magnet um, i also have a couple of scarification pieces um, and then i've got standard piercings so i've got my belly button pierced and i've got my ears done Um, But, you know, I think that my tongue split might have to be my favorite one. Um, It's really funny because when I first got it, everybody obviously was like, oh, man, you're going to be great at sucking dick, right? And I was like, yes, but also, like, I really mainly got it because I needed to remind myself that, like, I, I had the freedom to speak up when I needed to, you know? So much of my life was spent with me, like, biting my tongue and not being able to, like, express my feelings in a concise way or in a way that was like actually listened to and I was like you know what like this is going to be the final time that like you know quote unquote my like tongue bleeds from me biting and withholding and so being able to go through that process and especially like the week of healing that's like fucking hell like it really helped me kind of reaffirm myself going forward
1: (laughs) that's that I think that's beautiful that it has that deeper meaning for you. It's not just like a thing you did for fun. Like I think it's really cool that you have this daily reminder of like how you need to stand up for yourself and speak up for yourself and say what you mean. I think that's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and split tongues are really cool. <laughs>
0: you every time every time someone's like looking for a booking i'm like wait wait pick me i've I've got a split tongue can i can i get my foot in the door now like come on
1: (laughs) yes yes oh god i love it i love it it's it's so much fun and um for anyone who's never had a partner with a split tongue (laughs) i will (laughs) say it is As good as it seems.
0: (laughs) A plus, A plus stuff. Oh my god, my Australian partner has his tongue split too. So every time we're together, we're just like flicking our tongues at each other like
1: weirdos.
0: (laughs) Sexual. We're just like hey lizard, hey lizard.
1: (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) Yeah, my my partner has his tongue split too, and like I've I always wanted to get mine done, but then when we got together, I was like, would it be cheesy now if I also got mine done? I don't know. I had my tongue pierced when I was younger and it was like one of the worst things I could have ever done to myself. It was horrible. I cuz because I would compulsively like chew on the piercing <laughs> and fuck up my teeth and I eventually just had to get rid of it. But and you're right, the healing of it. I can't even imagine from splitting it all the way. Did they did they sew it or cauterize it?
0: They sewed it. Okay. Yeah, so having to go back a week later so we could, like, remove the stitches and stuff like that. It, yeah, I I mean, I, I, have, I have friends with split tongues. I had a partner with a split. So I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. But, yeah, like, that whole month of, like, up and down and up and down and not being able to barely eat anything. I'm like, yeah, this isn't just for a fucking party trick. I need to have some, like, behind
1: it. <laughs> and, I mean, in a way, the healing process kind of reinforces the idea of speaking up for yourself because you're not really able to speak for a while
0: yep exactly you know my my tongue swelled up so much I could barely like keep fluids down let alone eat anything like I was living off of soil and insure oh. you know, I couldn't even like talk all I could do was like point at things and luckily like me and some of my friends know sign language so like we would kind of do that but obviously they can't be around me 24 7 so like yeah it was a very like not even humbling experience, but just really like it helps ground me so much in a way that I really needed. And I think without that, you know, couple of weeks of healing, it wouldn't have had the same impact for me.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's beautiful. (laughs) And I like I think the best the best body mods are the ones that like change us on the inside too, you know?
0: Absolutely.
1: And like it, even going back to the magnet, like it's it's so fun to be able to have like that sixth sense now, where you can like I would drive past a solar field and know that it's there before I can see it because I can feel it in my tummy. <laughs> and That's the coolest thing. <laughs> just having that like bionics sixth sense was really cool. Um especially
0: when you meet other people who also have the same one. Because yeah. like whenever you and I hang out and stuff, but it feels like the little like connector monkeys where like our little things instantly go Wing! and I'm like, oh my god, look, we're yeah. connecting in a way that's like not quite a handshake, but also like a handshake. Like, I don't know, it's it's nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a different kind of connection, other than just like physical touch. Like yep. it's it's beautiful, it's fun. <laughs> Oh man. So what else are you up to? So you've been shooting and you've been getting back into live performances. That's really exciting. I'm excited for you. (laughs) Thank
0: you. Fingers crossed. I try like not to like hype myself up too much right now because every day is, you know, every day is just on a hinge. So I'm just like, okay, I know Miss Rona is waiting for a chance to be like psych bitch, but also like having tiny little hopes of things is definitely uh fueling me through this weird time right now.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So I've noticed on your social media that you offer like extended online subplay. And I think yeah. that's really cool. It's like, it's like an online girlfriend experience, but with a submissive edge to it
0: that's exactly what it is. I, you know, I have a couple of other uh, subby model friends that I follow on social media. And I was thinking about how, you know, some of the really prominent dominatrixes will offer different types of packages like that. But like, especially with the struggle that like not a lot of people quite understand that pro subs are a thing, let alone that they're out there. I was like, okay, how do I kind of like all in one encompass things so that way people kind of have more of a, a fun understanding without feeling too intimidated and I'm like oh yeah subby girlfriend experience there we go like you can get a dash of kink or if you want to just see me masturbate all day then we can do that too like (laughs) what you got
1: (laughs) I think that's so cool like I I personally am just not organized enough to offer any kind of like ongoing package but I think that's so cool for the fans to be able to like sort of buy a full experience and not just like one brief session you know like it's you can go for like a week of like back and forth interaction and not have to limit it to like an hour <laughs> or 30 minutes or whatever
0: yeah and i find that like a lot of the clients that approach me like unfortunately they're either not able to fully explore things in their personal life for whatever reason or they just don't have the knowledge to and i'm usually like their first introduction to these things so you know being able to to have like a healthy dose of like quote-unquote vanilla stuff along with like hey if you have any questions about a specific fetish feel free to ask me feel free to ask me about a custom feel free to ask me during our sexting whatever and stuff and like we can have a dialogue about it without it feeling like oh I've got to watch the clock or oh I'm, I'm afraid to ask this question because I don't want to be ridiculed because I don't know if the provider is okay with that like it, I I try to make it as accessible as possible because I know that it can be a little overwhelming when you're first getting into the lifestyle.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, and I, it's really important to like have that space for people to explore, and I think that's a big part of what we all do as online providers. Like, is just have a super safe space where it's fun, easy, lighthearted. Like, you can just ask whatever you want, try things. That's. I think it's important to give people that opportunity
0: absolutely what a time to be alive
1: <laughs> <laughs> for sure and then so you also do sub sessions in person i think that's incredibly brave um how do you address issues of safety with clients because i know like as a dom you're pretty much in complete control the whole time and that's kind of the idea But as a submissive, you have to relinquish a certain type of control in order for them to experience their kink. So how do you address safety in those situations?
0: Um, So I was very fortunate that my first forays into in-person submission were through um, a professional dungeon. So we had our own safe. Guards and measure um, to go with that. So things like none of the doors actually locked. Um, we had a uh, intercom system so that way, like the front desk could call in and go five minutes, five minutes. And we had an idea. And if I didn't verbally respond, then that was an indicator that something was wrong. um Little things like that, where like it's not too intrusive for the session itself, but it also kind of helps maintain like a. a accountability kind of method where everybody is like okay like um but that being said um now that I've moved to Vegas and I'm on my own I kind of really just set up the same things just a bit more uh long-winded and different essentially um in terms of limits and things like that I feel like um what is it the theater kids say where they're like yes and or and, but, so yeah. ask for something and, you know, it might be something that we might not have been able to negotiate before we started our session. Um, I do try to be as thorough with our negotiations initially as I possibly can be, um, but I'll always go, you know, I, I feel like this might not be, you know the the thing that I can do, but would you like to do X, Y, and Z instead? And so I'm able to provide some sort of alternative that I'm comfortable with. So it's not exactly me shutting them down, but it's also me allowing them a different venue to explore something adjacent to whatever they were originally requesting. Um, And I think because I have such a wide variety of things that I'm into, things that I'm okay with, things that I'm, you know, I go from ABDL to extreme bondage and all of this jazz in 0.5 seconds. I feel like it really helps people succinctly explain what they would like. And so luckily I haven't had any people try to be too coercive and like springing something on me because I'm like, "Ha, hey, I got you. I'm into everything. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> between that and, you know, our own vetting systems that we have as sex workers and things like that, along with like the knowledge that I've gotten from working at the pro dungeon, it's really helped me integrate a lot. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah. The, the pro dungeon is a really cool space. Like, the concept of having other people around that have your safety in mind and having people that like work the front desk. And it's a really cool space. I remember, I think that's actually where we met for the first time back when I was sessioning. Um, I remember.
0: We kind of met in like San Fran for one of the like law lobbying thingies.
1: Oh yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, and then we met at Sanctuary. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I was like, oh my god, I remember you from ABN. I remember you from
1: lobbying. I you from- <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, I remember we worked together for a brief period when I was visiting LA, and I like I come from a very different background of pro kink and so i was trained by like a mentor who was basically like all right we're in a session here's how you do it (laughs) and so it was just kind of a one-on-one sort of thing but i thought it was really cool like having that safety net of other people around and having like explicitly laid out rules and it was it was a really interesting environment
0: absolutely and it's really cool because um the owner of the dungeon that i was able to work at is, you know, a lifestyle person as well. She's a full on like, you know, leather, leather person. She's got awards. She's very integrated in the community as well. So it's not just like this very impersonal, like, oh, I picked up a whip and I'm going to be a dominatrix, you know, which everyone's at their own levels and it's great, but it's also really essential because when we do have newer staff members, you know, usually everybody either starts as a switch or a sub. They're usually brought in to other dom sessions for like doubles and things like that. So that way they can make sure that they're learning more hands-on and that way, you know, when they do feel ready to become a dom, if they so choose, Um, you know, when we have different tests laid out for like accuracy and knowledge of anatomy and things like that, we know that our staff members are like well-equipped to do exactly what they're supposed to be doing and not accidentally injuring someone in a way that's not intended. So it it feels like a really fun mix of like old guard leather where like, yeah, you're being brought in by someone else with a like nice professional edge.
1: So. (laughs) And it's, it's cool because that like you guys also keep the safety of your patrons in mind and having that sort of like formal training system can help people feel more at ease just walking in and saying this is what I'm into let's try it whereas when they're like booking a dom off of an ad site that they don't know like it can be sort of a toss-up about their skill level
0: absolutely yeah so I'm I'm very fortunate that you know I kind of live in that area where like it is a thing that's normalized and that people if they choose to can go to and things like that because I can't imagine learning about kink and exploring culture somewhere where that might not have been freely accessible you know.
1: (laughs) That's yeah that's really cool and it it was a cool experience to see that up close. Um, So (laughs) So what kind of things are you planning for the future? Like, do you have some exciting new content coming out or um, you
0: know, that's a good question. <laughs> I um <laughs> I I'm definitely looking forward to that tentative hook suspension I should be doing this week. I don't know, fingers crossed, Miss Rona might be like, bitch, you thought. Um <laughs> but other than that, um, you know, I I'm fortunate enough that the place that I'm currently residing, I you know, pretty have pretty much have my own studio setup. So I've got my own lighting, I've got my own camera, I've got like four or five different sets and things like that, that I can kind of tweak as I need to. Um, so being able to kind of use the solo time in a more creative inspired way where I can still keep my audience engaged without also having to bring in other people, um, I think has been a really nice challenge for me. Because initially, when everything started, I was like, how the fuck is a submissive supposed to submit for herself? Like, what kind of bullshit? (laughs) (laughs) And then I got really, you know, into like experimenting and creating and it's been really nice. So I think pretty much, you know, until the foreseeable future or until some, cool producer falls out of the sky and decides to hire my crazy ass, that I'll be experimenting a lot with different aspects of solo submission versus like audience interaction and things like that to make it feel a lot more engaging.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the the whole situation of shooting at home has really made us all get a little more creative. (laughs) Um, but like, I've seen some of your content being posted and it's, it's definitely some of the most creative I've seen. Like you come up with some really cool concepts and like really interesting storylines that I wouldn't have ever thought of that seem really fun. (laughs) Um, and I, I just wish there was more of a market. Well, not a market. I wish there was more opportunity for like high budget. BDSM, like back in the glory days of kink, you know?
0: Sure, grandma, let's <laughs> get you to bed. com was in an armory.
1: Back in my day, you could piss on cam and they'd pay you by the hour. <laughs> Honestly. <sighs> Jeez. Oh, man. I miss Both those days. <laughs> i miss those days so much now like kink is barely even producing their own content they're just buying third-party content and like everyone's being super careful about not offending the payment processors and half the stuff we all used to do (laughs) you can't post anymore (sighs) such is life
0: (laughs) they bitterly through clenched teeth (laughs)
1: you know what though i saw an article i think it was in the most recent fangoria actually about oh i wish i could remember the name of it but there's this site that is like a horror site it's not it doesn't call itself porn but it's obviously porn but um it's a pay-per-view site where they post like gay men pretending to kill each other (laughs) and it's like gay faux snuff porn but they don't call it porn they call it art Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and they get away with selling it because there's not like sex happening Mm -hmm. and i wonder if there's a way to like create a site similar to that that's like kink but more in the cinema side like call it horror
0: (laughs) No, that would be really cool i know that there was like a couple of sites floating around where it was like the main one and they had the little like four or five site umbrellas underneath it but they were all kind of like yeah like horror universe or horror porn and there was, like, a subsidiary site that you could tell was totally theirs as well, and it was, like, all, like, sci-fi horror sex-based and shit like that, and they had, like, these cool, like, predator masks and, you know, all cool. these fake snuff effects and stuff like that, but, of course, they were, like, also out in Russia, so, like, we need to just, I don't know, take a field trip and yeah. back into one of the... I don't know what we gotta do. We got a James Bond bondage it.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, and it's, it's interesting also the intersection of the horror community and the porn community (laughs) like there's a lot of crossover there too and like i wonder if we could get away with capitalizing on that and creating content that's maybe maybe less explicit like less sexually explicit but more sexually gory
0: i'm like remember all the trailers for like true blood and things like that like they were whole ass naked they just had hands over titties and they were covered in blood you would Mm -hmm. not be able to post that for even a second on any of the clip sites and yet it was like a really popular tv show anybody could turn on their tv and watch it so we just need to talk to either whoever runs showtime or hbo or whatever we just need to talk we
1: just need to talk (laughs)
0: and see what happens
1: <laughs> get some get some kinky skinamax going <laughs> yes exactly <sighs> yes hmm. now see now my wheels are turning <laughs> now I i'm like maybe start, we could do like- this <laughs> but then would the fans buy it if it were less sexually explicit
0: I think also that would be where creative cinematography and editing comes into play, though, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's definitely a lot of uh, "quote unquote" rated R or PG-13 sex scenes that have lots of flashes and lots of innuendos, right? We've got the cliche like hand gripping the sheet and you know close up of the O face, like painful agony or beautiful agony or whatever yeah. it is when they're like orgasm and it's just their face that's like acceptable on clip sites. So I'm like, if we find ways to kind of integrate the things that aren't explicitly whatever, but also with well-known fetishes, like things like that, I feel like we would have something that might be engaging for viewers.
1: Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. See, now I'm going to have to go like write <laughs> a horror kink script. <laughs> I think I, we, we actually should make this happen. I think we we have the technology. <laughs>
0: I, I really, I really want this to happen because believe me, I've been fucking percolating all of these versions of this for the last nine years, ever since I first started in the industry. So I'm like, God, there's gotta be some way that doesn't involve me like moving to Russia. Like <laughs> right?
1: we could shoot it like a documentary, maybe, like almost Blair Witch style, where it's like fiction but documentary style. Hmm now the wheels are turning <laughs> we're gonna have to talk off-camera about this <laughs> not give all of our ideas away We will make this work yes yes work. <laughs> I think I think this has to happen and you know I have seen a couple of producers do something similar like I know JP has done some really high production value kink videos and I think he's won some awards for it too so it, it can the be done
0: cinematic with the close-ups and the this and the that and like it's an impl- implied kidnapping we don't see her actually being kidnapped, you know shit like that so i'm like man somebody throw some money and we'll we'll get this sorted out
1: see <laughs> i i have a hearse and a lot of desert <laughs> we can make this happen i got some rope all of it all right we're gonna do that <laughs> we're gonna do that one of these That's days me. Yay! (laughs) Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips.
0: Okay. So what I've got to say is, one, if you are doing any sort of fetish on the receiving end, it is A-okay to be just as knowledgeable about what you're getting into as your top is. Um, I get a lot of people going, oh, well, I don't know, but my mom said, or, oh, I don't know, but and while that is okay for certain circumstances, you are allowed to research and know about what is happening to yourself the same way that you would research, you know, a car that you want to invest in, like imagine your body is the car or something equivalent, you know, Um, the more also that you know about The specifics and anatomy and how you respond to different things on your own, the better of a partner it will also make for those that you're seeking out to play with, whether that's professionally or whether in your one-on-one time. Um, In terms of professionally, don't ever be afraid to say no. Um, Being able to find tactful ways of saying no is a skill in and of its own. But once you start feeling comfortable to say no to certain things, then you can begin to compound and grow off of that to find different ways to make it a little less harsh sounding especially if you're someone who feels a little anxious about confrontation because I'm definitely that way I'm like a golden retriever I'm like I just want to make everyone happy I just want everyone to be happy with me right but yes. that's not realistic especially when you're doing a lot more extreme things even things that seem like quote-unquote simple kings aren't always that simple you know even a quote-unquote simple hogtie can lead to nerve damage even a simple quote-unquote you know breath play scene can be fatal like things like that where um just being able to have you know your own independent knowledge of things so that way you can look out for signs if things unfortunately go wrong is very crucial and does more of a service for both of you and not a disservice to anyone um And yeah, network, communicate, learn, educate yourself. Um, There's all sorts of resources over the web. And while not all of them are the best sources on the web, being able to have like a giant framework for how people are approaching things and have different views on stuff is also very important because you might have a client who is asking for something and thinks it means one thing, but it means something entirely different. And that's no one's fault. It's just the way that our you know, cultural knowledge and usage of certain terms will come into play. So things like that to be very aware of on top of everything else.
1: Yeah, I think that it's it's really important to have that community and that communication and know what you're getting yourself into when you're playing with other people in general. It's so important and like the more the more you practice with kink and the more you play around, the more you start to get to know yourself and learn like What you do and don't like and it's definitely super important to communicate that no matter how submissive you are no no matter who owns you in a kink way
0: there's no limits there's just a limit that you have not discovered yet
1: Yeah. (laughs) I I remember when I first started shooting kink scenes, I was like, let's try it all. I'm down for whatever. And now I'm like, okay, maybe not that. (laughs) I've had to put some real creative things on my no list. Like you can't tase my asshole. (laughs) Now I know.
0: (laughs) yeah oh man I was part of like this really great class about like humiliation and degradation and it was like a workshop style so you know the instructor is going around going like okay if you feel comfortable letting us know what's your heart limit and she landed on this one black guy and he's like I don't have any limits and she's like so you're telling me if somebody came up to you and wanted to do really intense race play that you'd be okay with it and his face fell and he's like oh, I didn't think about that. And we're like, it's okay that you didn't think about that, but just consider that you don't know everything. Even if you've been doing this for years, you don't know everything. So being able to feel comfortable communicating with partners is crucial.
1: (laughs) Yes, and that no list is constantly evolving. I... I know a performer that I was topping for a scene one day, and I was asking her about her limits and whatnot, and like the biggest thing on her no list was no dog food. (laughs) And I was like, what (laughs) happened to you that you even need to mention that? (laughs) But apparently she has like a food allergy and did a scene before that where she had been forced to eat dog food, and she was like down with it at the time until she realized she was allergic to it and had a massive reaction. So... Like it, there's always a limit, <laughs> there's always a limit somewhere. Yep.
0: And the fact that our limits are constantly changing, even our mm-hmm. bodies are constantly changing, so like even if you consider yourself a light or a heavy player, like just depending on like the time of day or whether your, you know, body's hormonal balance is at, mm-hmm. can implement whether you're okay with certain things or not, and that's okay, like it's all fun. <laughs> and
1: some days aren't going to be an anal day. <laughs> You just have to listen to your body and accept that, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Oh, man, it's been so good talking to you today, Cupcake. You are so wonderful and amazing, and I really appreciate you. And I'm so excited to be able to introduce you to the Yes, Stripper listeners, um, where can they find more of you? Like where should people check for your content and more of cupcake? Um
0: I am on Twitter at uh XSubbyCupcakeX. Um I'm on Instagram as the Sideshow Sub um say that five times fast um <laughs> <laughs> i post an awful lot to my stories but you can do a quick little scrolly do of my feed and see some of the past performances i've done that are very heavily censored because you know nip are bad um and i'm also on clips for sale and mini bids as subby cupcakes slash cupcakes and claire so
1: yeah yay definitely definitely go check out Cupcake's work. She's amazing, so amazing, and such an incredible performer. And just even for the pure artistic value of some of the things that Cupcake's done, it's beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Yes, a Stripper podcast with me, Daisy Ducati, and our guest today, Cupcake Sinclair. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation that we've had. And remember, we are a listener-funded podcast, so if you'd like to donate, you can send to our PayPal at yesastripperpodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit yesastripperpodcast.com to visit our brand new store and check out. We have t-shirts available for sale and all sorts of fun stuff for you today and have a big announcement. We will be having a fundraiser for the period podcast network coming up on February 17th. If you'd like to purchase tickets to our fundraiser, you can visit tinyurl.com period 2022 fundraiser. And there will be live performances from all of our Yes a stripper hosts, as well as trivia, and all sorts of live performances from the other podcasts on the network as well. It's going to be a really, really fun virtual event. So definitely check us out. Also, don't forget to check out our sponsor, X you can visit their site at tinyurl.com slash And all purchases will help support the podcast. So we appreciate your support there as well. I hope you have a wonderful day. Enjoy. Thank you for listening. This has been a production with Period Podcast Network. You can find out more on Instagram at Period Podcast Network. And you can follow us at Yes, A Stripper Podcast on Instagram and Yes, A Stripper Pod on Twitter. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave your feedback in the comments on YouTube. We'll see you next week.
0: And that's on period, network.